From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Fucking diaper off. Yes. A 12-year-old kid got kicked in the stomach and in his chest during a spat at a violent Brooklyn public school. 57-year-old Roger Jassy allegedly went berserk at the uh, school of the future violent Brooklyn. A middle, uh, it's a middle school on Dumont Avenue in East New York. Oh, lovely, lovely East New York. Uh, the boy was taken to Brookdale University Hospital with minor injury, and the school immediately alerted the parents. I guess minor injury is what it had to be since the kid's only 12. It's obviously uh, not going to be a full-grown adult injury. It's just a minor injury. Responding officers charged Jassy with third-degree assault and endangering the welfare of a child. Uh, he teaches seventh grade math at the school as a long-term substitute teacher. That's the only way you can get a teacher in trouble is if they're subs these days. Jassy was given a summons to appear in Brooklyn Criminal Court at a later date. Now, what does the school have to say about this? Well, the education department spokesman says the safety of our students is our top priority. The substitute teacher was immediately suspended without pay when we were made aware of this concerning allegation. Joining me now ex-exterminator comedian Larry Izzo. Hey, Pat. Larry, uh, now, you know, you know all about little pests, and you're the host of the Thrill of the Kill podcast, which is amazing, as well as laughing with Larry, cooking with comics. You really do a lot for a retired guy. I do. Uh, (laughs) My my question is, though, about the school thing. Mm -hmm. Did anybody ever go to Catholic school? Yeah. I mean, I still have marks on my scrotum from the pointer that the Teachers used to. No nun I know ever went to jail for that shit. Right? No, they. It was a private it. deal. Yeah, it's, I guess if it's a parochial, uh, is that, what's that the word that for parochial? Uh, parochial school. religious school. Yes. Then maybe they, uh, you know, this is a public school. Obviously, they get you know, dispensation for child abuse. Yeah, I mean, uh, it seems to me that that a kick in the chest and the stomach. It, it might be exactly what this kid was asking for. You know, uh, a twelve-year-old can be. A, a lot bigger and tougher than you think. And I don't know uh, what led up to this. Now, I'm reading from the Daily News. Has anybody curious. been to an East New York school? Yeah. Okay. That's another question. East New York schools, <laughs> yeah. probably not the top in the, the region. Uh, they, they certainly are. Uh, it's a poor area. It's a violent area. Most of the murders that happen in the city do happen in violent Brooklyn, yeah. which is over to the, uh, and, and, and it gets more violent the, the further east you go until you get around, you go through, uh, you know, Bedlam Crimescent, and you go through uh, <laughs> up into Brownsville, and then right. finally East New York, the epicenter of violent Brooklyn, which is way off center uh, towards towards the, the Long Island side. They used to have, I had my cousins living in the pink houses, which are still there, by the way. Mm. Yeah, and, little uh, pink well, houses. Well, you heard about that whole thing with the precinct down there, the 70, 75. Oh, yeah, the 75. The there was a, a certain amount of uh, corruption. In, well, uh, just a touch. <laughs> just, just a touch. <laughs> I, I interviewed that guy, uh, actually. Did uh, you really? Yeah, I had him on Crime Report a couple of times. He's a pisser. Yeah, he is really funny, and, and he's got a lot of crazy stories. And I kind of like the guy. I got, I got to tell you, impossible not to like him. Yeah. He, you know, he's even watching the the, uh, the documentary. You know, he's prominently featured in that, and uh, it's called the Seven Five. Right, just came out in like 2015. I want to mm-hmm. say, yeah. And uh, I, honestly, I I can't remember the guy's name right now. It's Mike something. Uh, Mike Dowd. Mike Dowd. That's it. Yeah. Well, it came out in 2014, uh, and it's the uh, the Seven Five. 
is uh, also known as Precinct 75. It's a 2014 documentary. It looks at police corruption in the 75th Precinct of the New York Police Department during the 1980s. Basically, what Michael Dowd was doing was he had a bunch of coke, right? They were arresting, uh, they're not arresting, but they would raid the drug dealers, take their coke and or anything else, drugs, cash, and just say, hey, it's your lucky day. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to jail, but we're getting you coke. And eventually, this progressed to him running interference for a prominent uh, drug dealer, I believe, it was, was the idea. Now, that guy was also featured. Uh, and, 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 you know, Dowd and his, his partner, Henry Chicky uh, Guevara, uh, recount the first time walking into a domestic dispute, seeing bags of marijuana, duffel bag, about 20 grand in cash, two guns. Dowd communicated that him and his partner would take a grand from the duffel bag and both guns. He continued to rob the drug dealers for thousands of dollars. Now, Guevara resigned shortly after multiple police officers were arrested in the 77th precinct for corruption-related offenses. And uh, Urell is another one here, uh, his last name. He agreed to Dowd's kidnapping scheme, but instead of following through with the scheme, he contacted Internal Affairs through his lawyer. So... Which one? What? Now there was one guy who was just enormous. He said, "If you needed to, you know, if you need a beating, I'd give it to you." You know, Walter was his name. I've had him on the show as well. Really? Yeah, had him on uh, via Skype. He's down in, in Tennessee, and he's actually in a part of Tennessee. I've driven through many, many times. Beautiful part of the state uh, near uh, Mont Eagle. Now, I don't want to, like, whatever. I don't think he's, like, secretive about where he's at or anything, but, you know. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow yeah. after he's yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, or, well, well, he comes to kill me is what That's I was thinking. Right. I mean, like, I, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful part of Tennessee. And um, uh, if you've been there, you know, it's it, Mont Eagle, gorgeous. Now, that is where that happened. It was in East New York, the 7-5. I mean, he didn't do that for a short period of time. It was quite a while. Well, he was doing it for years. Yeah. He built up clientele. I mean, he was. Yeah. 57 years old. Guy's a substitute teacher, went berserk, uh, and I don't think there's ever any reason to kick a student in the chest and in the stomach unless, you know, uh, the guy's swinging at you or something. I I have to tell you. Could be self-defense, right? Could be, but uh, my sister went to Franklin K. Lane High School in, uh, in Jamaica, on Jamaica Avenue. And we're going back. I don't even think it's a school anymore. They closed it down because it was so bad. I mean, teachers were literally lit on fire in the place. Christ. Yeah. And uh, kids that's, with, kids that's taking it too far. That is. And you're talking about the 60s when everybody was nuts, you know. And Maybe you they were a, just trying to burn her bra for her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I got to tell you, in it was the 60s. Some, <laughs> it was, it was, but uh, yeah, and, and stuff like that. And even in my school, I went to Richmond Hill High School in Queens. And uh, there was all sorts of shit that went on there. People carry guns. People make weapons and, you know, in shops and stuff. You, know? you would think that would have progressed, that they'd be with 3D printers and you can make guns pretty easily now. You ain't kidding. That that they would still be doing that in shop class. But I have uh, I, I haven't heard of that happening yet, that somebody actually... Did, I haven't say, heard of it since that time. What sort of weapons would they make? Like nunchucks, knives? Well, they would make knives because you had metal shop. I made a knife in metal shop, but it was a knife that, you know, was like a... a not intended to rob Not intended to rob or stab like a anybody. hunting knife or something? But it was pretty cool how to make it and fire it and stuff like that and get it hard and... You know, let me show you my, uh, yeah, get a fire and get it hard. <laughs> Not too bad. Huh? Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Isn't that great? That is good. Really? That's the sound of my knife opening up. 
So fuck with me, somebody. Right. And it's just under six inches, too, so it's perfectly legal. Now, anything that springs out automatically like this, not legal, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Probably not. uh, They they talk about gravity knives and whatnot. It's a butterfly knife is what we always call it. Butterfly. Gravity knife. But this right here is, I believe, illegal to possess. So let me ask you, if you put that against somebody's chest and you press the button, would it penetrate? No. No. I no, don't think no, so. no. It's not like that. It's not, if if the spring was that strong, uh, I would throw it in the fucking Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> Still have to stick them with it, you know. And uh, yeah, that yeah, was sent yeah. by a fan uh, to uh, to you know uh, Compound Media. Very happy to have it, uh, and it, it cuts. I'm sure it would rip apart human flesh. It's at least that strong. We must now visit. A lower Manhattan jail. A city correction officer was hospitalized after an inmate shoved him down a flight of stairs at a lower Manhattan jail. Officer was pushed by the unruly inmate, identified by sources as Nigel Fredericks. It's a very proper name, isn't it? For doesn't uh, sound like a pusher, Nigel. <laughs> no, no, the inmate, Nigel Fredericks, inside the Manhattan detention complex. It's yeah. It sounds like not even like a British guitar player, but like a, a, like a talk like, show host. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a record reviewer or something. Yeah, right? yeah. Like oh yes. Oh my goodness. Nigel Fredericks inside the Manhattan Detention Complex, the jail commonly known as the Tombs, is, is where this occurred. Um, so Manhattan Detention Complex is the Tombs. I had that mixed up with the place that Epstein didn't commit suicide. That's a federal lockup, and it's a different place. Um, can you believe that they're still asking us to believe that, by the way? Yeah, that, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, Barr comes out. No, no, no. That doesn't make sense. So yeah, even, even at the top of the Justice Department, you have to play the game. That's what I figure. Either that or, you know, Barr has some vested interest in his murder not being discovered. It just seems to me... That's a I guess in late. You know, what? You talking about that murder? Yeah, I mean, about him did, dying did, the way the he guy, died. They just had something yesterday, didn't they? About a, a teenager, a 16 year old teenager that committed suicide. Some guard is getting fired from somewhere. Yeah. Was uh, that either today or yesterday? Well, it, it was at Rikers, and it was okay. uh, a teen inmate tried to hang himself. And, and apparently the guards watched this happen for seven minutes before intervening. At least four city correction officers watched for seven minutes as 18-year-old Rikers Island prisoner tried to hang himself. Uh, his name was Nicholas Feliciano, 18, taken to Elmhurst Hospital where he was on a respirator with no brain activity, which you know what that means. Uh, only a matter of time. <laughs> put into a medically induced coma, uh, and that's uh, what led to the no brain activity time. The officers have been suspended, uh, suspended while the city's department of, in- of investigation looks into the matter. Uh, the officers apparently were watching a live feed of the suicide attempt by Feliciano for several minutes before intervening. A separate camera captured the officer's reaction. And now the, he was arrested, by the way, just like, Oh know, shit, he's hanging himself. <laughs> yeah, Look at him go. Oh, he can't do it. What a swinging guy. <laughs> Where'd he get that? Where'd he get that piece of... That's a heavy piece of... Toilet paper there. there. (laughs) How's he going to hang himself with that? Maybe they didn't believe he could do it. Maybe they, you know... I'm curious if they're they're just these heartless guys just going like, let's let's see if he kills himself, you know? Like, you know, what can we give him that's not that bad to kill himself? The Black Rooster. The Black Rooster. 
dangerous? I mean, you know, they take everything away from you. They take your shoelaces, right? Yeah, they take your shoelaces. They take, uh, I, I suppose you don't really have anything in there that you're supposed to be able to kill yourself with, even if you're not on suicide watch, uh, which I don't know if, if this guy was or not. He was arrested on the 19th on a parole violation. He was being held at the uh, George R. Vierno Center on Rikers. Uh, the suicide attempt happened late last week after Feliciano was moved from the general housing area after a fight with another inmate. So he's moved from the general housing he tried. Uh, he tied one end of a piece of clothing around his neck, the other end around a pipe on the ceiling, stepped off a partition separating the toilet from the rest of the cell. I suppose that's why they have to take in a dump in front of everybody, because they don't want partitions. Oh, yeah, they don't want you to hide anything there. So a full seven minutes passed before officers intervened. Uh, DOC officials would not confirm a suicide attempt, but uh, said an 18-year-old inmate was hospitalized late on Thanksgiving Day. It's like Thanksgiving in Rikers. It's not a cheerful time. I'm sure that... uh, that's that's not a very uh, good way to spend your holiday. Uh, arrested on a parole violation, which means the crime was pretty far separated yeah. from the. Uh, and I don't know what his parole violation was, but they are you know they they they, have, they get taken in for these things. Uh, the claims being made here are extremely troubling. We are taking them seriously. Now the safety and well being of those in our custody is our number one priority, and an investigation into this incident is underway. They always assure us with these investigations. Three officers and one captain have already been suspended. Uh, suspended. And if the outcome of the investigation warrants, we will take appropriate dis- Blah, blah, blah. We have referred this case to cities. Blah, blah, blah. So a spokesman for the DOI confirmed to the news that it is investigating the incident. So it's, it's all being investigated. A correction officer's uh, benevolent association representative told... The news, the officers would receive a strong defense. These officers were given the best legal representation possible. I used to Rudolph mention, they, Giuliani. They all talk like Pat Lynch. You know. so the best representation possible to ensure that rights are fully protected <laughs> under the law. <laughs> He's very angry, Patrick Lynch. Uh, they are innocent until proven guilty, just like anyone else in our justice system. <laughs> Uh, You're and, a fan, I see. The, I, the guy is good. Now, the guy I like as well or better than him is Ed Mullins. He's uh, the Sergeant's Benevolent Association. Uh, and that guy really tells it how it is. He doesn't yell uh, quite the same way Lynch does. You know, uh, Lynch should be cutting into a fucking rare steak <laughs> when he's talking. You know, just seeing, that another thing! But, but you get the idea. Yeah, so what do you think? I mean, like, uh, these guys do deserve a, a good uh, defense. You can never tell what they're leaving out. Usually they're leaving something out. Like, it was right at shift change, and they glanced at the thing. They weren't, like, you know, there was no reason at the time to think he was going to be able to pull this off. He tied a piece of clothing. At what point... And, and hey, who knows if sometimes these things aren't used as decoys, right? Like, say, they know that they're being watched, and so they start, you know, tying a noose and, like, they're going to hang themselves. And then officers rush down there as a diversion, and people are doing some shit someplace else, you know? There's more information we don't have. It's very sketchy. So especially stuff that I only read from one source, and this one source being... The most anti-cop, anti-correction officer, anti—you know—like depending on who's involved, it's it's uh, always anti-authority. Period. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If it was the if some shit happened with some correction officers, it would be whoever's above them is wrong. Right. They're always rooting for the uh, underdog. That's fine. But hey, suicide in in Rikers—I'm sure it's not a new thing.
No, and I believe that, you know, uh, I think anybody that goes to Rikers is, wants to commit suicide right away. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, that would be my thing. They, they have most people who are waiting trial, you know, and sometimes it takes a long time to go to trial. Oh, yeah, that could be six months, even longer. Now, I can see if any kind of reform is done, it should be to speed that time along. You know what I mean? Even if now the, their way of doing it is, well, we just won't have them pay bail. Right. And so people are a lot of people are going to be released ROR. And I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a problem come January 1st. I've been saying it. Everybody's been saying it. Who isn't Mayor de Blasio or Cuomo? But uh, I think that we can look forward to a lot more crime in the coming year. I think it's going to be a boom time for New York City Crime Report. Uh, Hopefully some of it will be interesting and not just all like phone snatching. Hopefully it's not all murders and rapes. Yes. Because rapes. You know, it, this is not rape season right now. It's not peak rape time. Uh, when, Isn't it the fall? I mean, spring. Spring, spring yeah, I would yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, maybe some in the fall when it's like. How you like that pussy? Wait, one last one before the end of before, summer, you know. I ain't going out here in the cold. <laughs> yeah. We gotta, any rape and you want to get done. You want to get it done now. Right. Because, no, uh, you know, cold weather well, drops the. Uh, it, you know what? And it was a rape attempt. And the guy was like rather easy uh, to to thwart, it seemed. I mean, this is in today's show. Uh, or, or, well, you know, yesterday's earlier today, but with with Rich Carucci, we discussed this, and a guy was, you know, between some cars with a lady, mm-hmm. he's trying to rape her, and uh, she screamed, and, and that was it. You know, the guy ran off, and uh, he might be a little more determined in the summer when she's wearing a little less, when the, the cold isn't, you know... <laughs> Stopping his erection, <laughs> yeah, stopping, yeah. <laughs> putting it, putting his dick up into his stomach, you know, right. like everything is. There are rapes that are done during this time, of course, um, but it's it it is it's got to be it's got to be statistically a pretty slow. Se- when whenever the the weather is so bad that people don't go to work and shit, all the crime goes down, and you know, that's right, it. Right, and, right. and it was almost that bad recently with all the the ice and the and the and the rain. It's, I mean, imagine the wetness. You know, raping somebody in the wet. I mean, it's just, it's almost discourteous to in rape someone snow, during that time. In the snow. And yeah, crunching underneath your butt cheeks, I guess. If you, or a lot of times I think it's just, you know, gunpoint blowjobs. You know, you point a gun in a woman. And I always wondered if a woman sucks a better dick with a gun pointed at her than she does without. I, somehow, somehow I doubt that. I, I think too. the pressure is too much. I think the fear and the pressure are not going to make her best performance happen. So there we go. Uh, let's go to the Boogie D. All right. Where a man uh, fatally stabbed his former landlady and then tried to blow up her house. And now he's now dodged a murder rap. But the Bronx judge still threw the book at him, sending him to prison for more than 30 years. 30 years? That's a big sentence. I mean, that's pretty... By New York City standards... 30 years? It's, it, it's just a... It's a, it's how a old, lifetime. How old, for this guy, it's a lifetime. <laughs> it's going to be the better part of his... Uh, well, I mean, it'll be the how last of his life. He's a 39-year-old Nakia Bent. 30 years? And he maintained his that's innocence to the sentence. last as a Bronx Supreme Court judge named Stephen Barrett issued the stern sentence. The judge hit him with consecutive prison terms for each of the charges for which he was convicted. 25 years for manslaughter, five more for assaulting a cop, and another three and a half to seven for reckless endangerment. Uh, uh, Bent uh, broke into uh, Lilawait Ramsaran's apartment. Lilawati Ramsaran. It must be an Indian individual, I would Hmm. guess. Uh, Basement apartment on Crawford Avenue in Wakefield. That's in the Bronx. October 2016. Yes. 
and stabbed the 69-year-old landlady 19 times. Your former landlord, though, maybe this person had just He didn't get his out. deposit back. <laughs> he was pissed about the security deposit. <laughs> Why does a landlord live in a basement apartment? I mean, that's... So she can rent out the rest of the apartments uh, and live there for nothing. That's uh, why. Oh, I see. Like sort of like a super will do yeah, sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah. He then returned to her home, disconnected the stove's gas line, and lit candles inside the apartment in a failed attempt to blow up the building where his ex-wife and her 14-year-old son also lived. I guess he didn't have a lot of positive feeling for his ex-wife and son either. That must be um, the through line here. Is it like, not? I'm going to kill three birds with one stone, and then a lot of other birds that are you know incidental. About a week after the killing, Bent bit an officer who stopped him on the street— a crazed animal, for Christ's sake, this guy. Following April, a DNA match linked him to the crime scene, and he was charged with Ram Saran's murder. So biting that cop who stopped him on the street was a big mistake, hmm. because that must be where they got the DNA from, right? Right. I'm saying this out loud. I did not commit that crime. You have the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> the DNA is, look, um, you know, it's only a, a one in 900 trillion chance that I'm not the guy, but... <laughs> This happens to be that time. I'm saying this out loud, he said. I did not commit that crime. But Barrett said the jury uh, showed Bent mercy by acquitting him of the top charge of murder. That's what Barrett said. So the top charge of murder he was not convicted of, but manslaughter, rather. I'm obliged to sentence you in accordance with the findings that the jury made, he said, citing substantial circumstantial evidence that Bent committed the heinous crime. Bent's sentencing was celebrated with relieved tears by Ram Saran's brother, nieces, and nephews, as well as her priest, who watched the proceedings. So this is uh, her brother, I suppose, looking like, uh, you know, Pantangeli's uh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that hat. I don't know how to express my feelings. I'm going to tell you, no matter what, she's not going to be returned. Nah. So that's uh, something that, that that's always true. I think the judge did a fantastic job laying down the law. In a statement to the court, he described his sister's kind, generous, generous and caring. Now, Bent uh, is a, sister, a citizen of Jamaica, and he'll likely be deported once his sentence is complete in 30 years. And ICE had a warrant for his removal from the U.S. even before the crime was committed, hmm. Barrett said. I cannot say that he will be missed. Boy, judges are, their humor of choice is understatement. Can I ask? He says something like that. I can, well, one second, but yeah. like I cannot say that he will be missed. Total understatement, you know. I can't say that he will be missed. Not good riddance, you fucking murderer. But you got to wait thirty years. I cannot say that he will be missed. Why don't they just deport him and let them? Well, deal because with he has to face justice. I mean, like uh, if you just deport him, first of all, he could just come right back. Don't smoke crack. Who knows what the authorities in Jamaica will do? If anything, if nothing. And so he he needs to serve a sentence, I guess, here, except I see your point. It will be expensive to keep somebody alive for 30 years at the price of that. And then we deport them. We don't even get nothing out of them, like no income, no nothing. We have to. Well, yeah, but I mean, you don't want to keep them around. No. So it's a it's unfortunate, really, isn't it? They should leave him with the shoelaces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't you just give this some thought? Here's some rope. <laughs> Give them enough rope, and they will do it a lot of times, I'm sure. You know? uh, although this guy, since he maintains he didn't do it, he obviously has no guilt. Um, he, he, didn't, uh, he didn't do this at all. He was connected with it by um, 
DNA evidence, but I guess it's not always right. The guy looks... Well, the, uh, he bit the guy's ear. Right? He bit the guy. I don't know if it was an ear, but he bit a cop. It might have been on the ear. Um, it says a week after the killing, he bit an officer who stopped him oh, on the street. And the, uh, the following April, a DNA match linked him to the crime scene. He was charged with Ram Saran's murder. Mm-hmm. I guess you can get a DNA sample off of, uh, you know, like even if somebody licks an envelope or if they, I mean, it's, it takes very, very little, a hair, anything. Uh, it's uh, one of these days they'll have us all, you know, uh, profiled with uh, absolutely this stuff, you know. But I'll be dead probably by then. You certainly will be dead by Thank then. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> we don't want to see that. I'm living from anyway. podcast to podcast. What the fuck? <laughs> Which is great. You know, you never know when it's going to happen. Speaking of podcasts, now, yeah. uh, how's it going with The Thrill of the Kill? You just had uh, your last oh. episode, most recent, was uh, Jackie Marlin. Jackie Marlin. Legendary yeah. comic. Uh, yeah. I got to tell you, I love interviewing people. Uh, I get some crazy stories out of comedians. I get some crazy stories out of exterminators. Yeah, the exterminators, I, especially those guys have a have a really good window into uh, what's going on in the world that is unseen to most of us. You know, we only see it uh, at certain times. You know, when it when it actually becomes so obvious that somebody points a camera at it. You know, like in this case, uh, <laughs> we have the new pizza rat has emerged, and he's coffee rat. <laughs> Coffee rat. Yeah, coffee coffee rat who is dragging uh, this cup. Uh, and, and the video, I'm going to post the link, which includes the video, on uh, the New York City Crime Report page on uh, on Facebook. But, you know, the, the sound is just... He's on caffeine then, for yeah, sure. That, He's moving quick. That rat is is hauling He's ass. Rolling, man. That's fast, isn't it, for a rat who's carrying something because it's steady. very fast. He's not stumbling. He's holding a whole cup of coffee. Uh, it's been opened, obviously. But I'm not convinced that's an empty cup. I think that that I think that rat is all uh, juked up on. Not now. Where would you put that rat size wise in terms of like a lot of the rats that you saw in New York? You know? Well, just from eyeing it, Pat, that's mm. probably about I'd say a good 14 inches with the tail. With the tail, and, yeah, and uh, then normally about 18, 19 inches with the so, tail. So yeah, it's still a baby here, maybe yeah. or a, or a, a juvenile, which means it's that rat's probably a month old. <laughs> something right they grow yeah, up fast yeah, right? they grow fast uh, probably a little more than a month but mm. yeah he's well, a, old enough to have developed the uh, addiction right. to to caffeine coffee. apparently yeah because yeah, cool. i mean this thing now there he is in kind of like in full stride and you're saying 14 inches uh, i'm just eyeing it no i, mean, I know i know but i trust your eye and i'm looking at it thinking man that means that the rat himself is a good eight inches long Oh, more than that. Probably. More than eight? Make ten? Ten. From nose to ass. Mm. And then you add on another four inches for the tail. Uh, Jesus. I mean, they, the rats here have to be some of the biggest in the world, I would think, right? I mean, oh, they're sure. well-fed. They, they, they certainly have a, something about city life is very appealing to rats. I mean, there's country rats, I'm sure. Country rats look like chinchillas. They look like minks. They, you know, their fur is nicer. They're, they're not hanging around grime. Mm. But this here guy is a little greasy and dirty. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah, he. It's like, and they're usually brown. Most of the ones that we see look black. Well, that's from all the crap that they hang they out. They look in. black or like a just a gray. Just a gray uh, uh, what and what's their actual color of their fur? If it wasn't filthy, well, it could be brown. Could be gray. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, gray. They this look black. This rat right here um, now could be brown. Do they drink coffee for real? I think they 
drink anything that they like. I, I don't know for a fact if they like coffee, but uh, I mean, I've seen them eat through, you know, soda containers and, you know, stuff like that. So, mm. but they mostly went for the syrup on that, you know, they like very sweet. They go for like know. really salty or greasy, right? Greasy or sugary. Isn't that, I a mean, a lot of grain, they, like cereal is a big thing with them. You know? they, and then they go and piss on the meat, which doesn't make any sense. Why would they go and piss? Like Larry's told me before, if you don't know, when you go into uh, a grocery store and you use the uh, black, black light, light and you shine that on the packages of meat, you can see where rats have urinated on the meat. Now, I'm not telling you not to go buy a steak at your favorite uh, grocery store. What I'm saying is you might have a little rat piss on it. Uh, uh, but she'll never kill you, by the way. Which, oh no, Corey, it seems like it would totally kill you. If we ever worried about what would kill us from rodents and insects, forget it. We would never eat out or we'd never go anywhere. You'd again. almost never eat You'd at never all. You'd never eat, period. Yeah, because it's in, the, it's in during the grocery stores, too. That's something that I had never really given any thought. Yeah. It's not because I thought, I think of the grocery store as like a more, uh, there's not grease splashing around. It's not as sloppy. It's just stocking a shelf, you know, so how bad could it be? But no, they know the food's there, and they come for it. It's When they smell like a grocery store from a half mile away, or however far they are, and they go, wow, that is just like a lot of fucking food. Right. I mean, they. It, what must that? What What is the first scent? Do you think uh, that, that that's going to find its way that far to a rat's nose? I mean, I guess there's just no way of knowing. But bacon. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's bacon. Bacon. I want that bacon. Bacon. They come for the bacon. They settle for cereal. This rat here, adorable. <laughs> uh, so you know, look for it uh, at the New York City Crime Report. Facebook page. Uh, it's the New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon on Facebook. Police on Wednesday released a sketch of a suspect they say uh, tried to uh, strike a strap hanger with a hammer before throwing him onto the tracks in an anti-gay attack at a Bronx subway station. Anti-gay attack at a boogity subway station. The 21-year-old victim waiting for a northbound D train at the Tremont Avenue station. Uh, that's near Grand Concourse in Mount Hope. Very specific here, okay? When the uh, stranger stormed up to him, it was about 1.10 a.m. Uh, and uh, looks like he said, uh, if I were to extrapolate, fucking faggot, I believe is what, it, what he's saying. <laughs> the man screamed before swinging the hammer at the victim. A Thor crime. And he then grabbed the victim. They couldn't understand. Threw him onto the tracks before charging off. Witnesses flagged down the motorman. Uh, driving the approaching train, telling him to stop while others helped the victim back up onto the platform. So there were some good Samaritans here who, you know, brought the guy up so he wasn't run over by this right. incoming train. The victim suffered a few cuts to his head and his uh, left eyebrow taken to the hospital for treatment. Detectives from the Hate Crimes Task Force are investigating. Now, cops, they're asking anyone who recognizes the suspect from the sketch, which is also posted on the New York City Crime Report Facebook page. To call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-577-TIPS. 1-800-577-8477-577-TIPS. T-I-P-S. Not tits. Tips. <laughs> All calls will be kept confidential. Now, uh, that guy right there. He looks like uh, he's got a tumor in the middle of his forehead. Then. Yeah, he <laughs> does. That's oh a huge. God, that's a huge knot. Very, very prominent forehead, and I don't think that's a hat he's wearing. So, he, I mean, and, unless it is, maybe it is. But it's like I don't uh, think so. Yeah, he's uh, definitely uh, 
you know, just I, I've seen this guy 200 times on, on the way home <laughs> from the subway stop. You know, what I mean, like he's everywhere. He's just a regular ass dude um, with a with a weird kind of a space age hey. collar. <laughs> it's an odd fucking like a spacesuit that he's wearing there. Twenty uh, one year old guy waiting on a train, and uh, the, this guy just walks up with a hammer and uh, swings it at him. Stormed up to him and says, fucking faggot, and then swings the hammer at him, misses him, then grabs the guy and throws him on the tracks. I wonder why he didn't swing again with the hammer. I wonder why he threw him on the tracks. Mm, well, this guy's crazy, you know, but I mean, like you think, like, why did you just swing once and miss? The guy must have been running then, was stepping away, must have been off balance, easy to just kind of like, you know, throw onto the tracks, grab him by the by the lapels of his jacket or something, and throw him down there. It's, it can happen in a moment. Mm. People... How did he know the guy was gay just on walking up to him? I don't know. That's a good question. How did he How did he know that? And if the guy, here's the other thing. If the guy wasn't gay, then it's still a hate crime because the guy figured he was gay. Right, and Obviously, right. he was you know, making reference. But then the way we use faggot uh, in, in conversation, I don't mean you and me, but I mean like uh, people who, who do, uh, who aren't, I don't know, I guess people who just fucking say what they want, they usually don't mean, a, oh, you're a gay. It's like just a... It's just a negative word. Yeah, it's a negative word like, you know, like almost like you can't do it. Like you're a faggot. You can't do it. You can't jump over that fence. I right. Mean, yeah, you're weak. It wasn't a gay thing at all. You know, yeah. Until they made it a gay thing and then they brought it out. Like I think that. originally it was a gay thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then we extended it to like maybe some of the qualities that were the good qualities. formally. Cause, yeah, exactly. He's, uh, he works out a lot. He's in shape. He's got washboard abs, you know. Uh, I don't really know. I, to me, it's like... If that's enough to make it a, a hate crime, then, you know, the increase in hate crimes is nuts these days. A lot of it is just, you know, backward swastikas and shit. And then there's stuff like this. It's real. This Scary it, it seems real enough. And, like, the guy looks – now, I don't know if he's homeless. I, I think that I saw him referred to as homeless. But I don't see that in this story. But somebody who texted me uh, just the word on this story, no link or anything, it was actually Stacey Kendrow. Uh, she referred to the guy as homeless. So uh, when, when homeless, homeless, the, the increase in homelessness is a really very negative thing because I think that it puts us in this position now of like having to deal with these crazies on a one-to-one basis. And it's, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're out there in numbers. You know? My God, look at California, San Francisco. I mean, it's horrible. Mm. I, I, I don't get how they're going to control that problem. There's not a place you can go. Outside of a one mile radius from your house, from what I've been told, that there's not homeless there. Yeah, and, and you know they've they've gotten not only more aggressive but more creative, as we covered on Crime Report on Compound, a guy in L.A. who, as you know, that's the major difference in in that show. We'll talk about you know other cities and stuff. Right, dumped uh, a bucket of diarrhea on a woman after dragging her out of a car, uh-huh. her car, and uh, it was a whole bucket uh, of diarrhea. The guy, one of the uh, cop sources was like it looked like he'd been saving it for a month you know it's like a month's worth of <laughs> so what was the thing diarrhea. though are they going to be putting porta potties on the streets for these homeless wasn't that a deal that they were going to do in california i don't know like but it wouldn't i mean like uh what then you know i mean so they've got a place to go to the bathroom or or whatever but i mean like i don't think that that's going to stop them from saving it might even just give them a place to come and fill up their shit bucket you know i they actually even, think they would probably use some of that for for like storage or storage compartments oh christ that's what they would do they'd move into them 
they be move like, into it. This is my toilet. <laughs> right. I live here. Right. We shit outside, but we could live here. <laughs> Don't shit, shit in, in my house. house. <laughs> There's, you know, the, the pictures, again, you know, New York City Crime Report Facebook page. These will be posted as well. I took some photos of what it looks like next to the Starbucks right around the corner. And, uh, <laughs> the, uh, that was just cracked me up the way you did that. You went, uh, <laughs> just a slight little throat clear into the mic into the mic but uh what it looks like next to the uh starbucks the guy has built a little home i mean it's i know that you know you often see this with a lot of you know cardboard boxes but i mean this guy he's really settled in there i mean like he, he's been living there a little while there's another corner on 14th and 7th avenue that i see all the time there's a woman who who just has taken up occupancy there i don't think she's there all the time like at night and stuff but she's there during the day with her enormous pit bull terrier and they sit there with a sign and people in manhattan's oh my god look at your dog so cute what do you I, that's not yeah she lives she's on, making more money than you and me yeah well maybe maybe i don't know if she lives on fifth avenue but she's got a big fucking dog to me like having a dog in that situation is like that shouldn't when you see that and i think when officers see that action is required that's a deadly weapon a dog is a deadly weapon if it's a pit bull it can easily all she has to do is just point and say god go eat that fucking guy yeah but i gotta tell you the homeless still have it rough as well of course they have it rough they have they've been attacked by other homeless people and the mental issue that's that's what it's all about it's a mental thing and it could be a drug thing it could be a mental thing well a mental thing is a drug thing and it's mostly true. mental illness there's like right. a, it, i think that they estimate something like a quarter of them to a third are mentally ill and i think it's way higher because there's not that many people that are just in the shelters or on the streets saying like you know what i just got priced out of my home and this is all i can think to do now is to live on the street i just don't think that there's that many people who are sane and rational who just there's just not enough affordable housing which is what they try to say i i think i disagree a little bit there because being in pest control i went into a lot of homes and i serviced a lot of hotels here in manhattan Mm -hmm. and a lot of these hotels were homeless people yeah these were people like women that were married and have kids Mm -hmm. and you know some of them are hookers yes (laughs) and and, but there used to be like motel eights downtown I, i think it was a motel eight and it was a big complex where we used to service, like there were motel rooms and their mm. kids and the mother lived there. The Red Cross would help them get jobs. Yeah. And then, you know, and watch their kids while they're out there working. Mm. And that place was a nightmare at night. Mm. The things that I would hear that would go on the next day, I would hear it or see it. Or one of my guys would come back with a story about, uh, you know, something happened there, a murder, rape. Uh, child molestation, you know, it's just horrible. Well, and, and, and I felt bad for the see, kids. That doesn't really speak well of them being just regular people who are down on their luck. If there's like all kinds of murders and rapes going on there overnight, right? I mean, it sounds like a criminal well, element that just you know chanced upon the situation. I don't think they were all criminals. A lot of them were just uh, victims, you know, victims. But uh, a lot of their spouses would come to visit them, and that's where the starts. Or their boyfriends, or they get a boyfriend and he comes to visit them at these hotels. And mm, just, and that's yeah. when it would all start because security would throw them out and then there would be a war. Mm. Or they try to sneak back in. Mm, yeah, that's just a, it, it is overall a bad situation. Nobody's arguing that. And I don't think that there's any disagreement there. We would be much, much better off if we had a way of just getting them some sort of shelter, but also you know, failing that 
just I have these fantasies of of you know whenever, and I feel the same way when I see a lot of protesters too, especially things like Extinction Rebellion or something, or these obnoxious ones who block streets and say whose streets are streets, and they want to shut down traffic and stuff. All you need is a hose. One of those big, you know, those hoses they used to fire use in the sixties. You know, yeah, the fire hoses that they would just like sweep the streets, sweep the. You're fucking... talking about sixties where there was racial riots, and they used to. Right now, I'm yeah. not talking about. This has nothing to do with race. No, that was the the racist sixties that happened. It was a, I'm talking about the very enlightened contr- two thousand, you know, nineteen. When right. We just like all we're trying to do is like make it so you can go get your latte without. None of them look comfortable. They don't look uncomfortable enough, though. Like, they have a lot of blankets and shit, and they're all rolled up, and you see them, and you're like, I just don't know. That has got to be about the worst thing that can occur. Newspaper. Mm -hmm. They keep warm with newspaper. Now, what sort of bugs are they encountering out there, do you think? Probably lice and scabies, because, oh, God, I don't want to think about it. Rats. Well, it could be, but if they have dogs, they could have fleas. Oh, you yeah, know, if sure. they have dogs, and they bring them into their wash machine box, and well, which is their living room. And rats will have fleas. And right? rats will have fleas, and cats will have fleas, and you know stuff like that. So, yeah. And if you lay down with a dog, you will sometimes you wake, wake up, up with the dogs. With fleas. <laughs> fleas. <laughs> That's true. Well, listen, uh, I, I want to play uh, just this little cut here from uh, the Thrill of the Kill podcast so that people can get... Uh, you know, an idea of how good it is and, and uh, what it sounds oh, like. Thank you, Pat. I finally put out a book, and my book is selling, and it got a big bump. Well, tell her the name of the book. I will promote my book, but first I'm going to tell you the most disgusting joke I've ever heard. <clears throat> All right? You okay. Ready? Sounds good to me. The kid and his grandfather are on vacation, and they're sightseeing, and they're standing looking at a field. Grandfather says to his grandson, See that field, sonny boy? You see that field? That's where they fought the Battle of Gettysburg in 1863. And you know, sonny boy, there's a lot of people who say that that battle was the turning point of the Civil War. And the kid says, duh, Grandpa, tell me something I don't know. He says, I'd fit my whole fist in your grandmother's asshole. And there it is. Uh, uh, again, find it at uh, iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts. The Thrill of the Kill, Exterminators and Comedians. Every other week, you get one or the other. And uh, always good. Thanks for being here, Larry. Hey, thanks for having me, Pat. Appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Fire hose? 30 years. Right, we shit outside, but we could live here. <laughs> Don't shit in my house.